Good morning. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you on this Wednesday morning. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental Covers Me. Com. And uh, this morning in studio, a uh, familiar voice to uh, many, I am sure, writer, poet, entrepreneur, <laughs> former WKXL announcer, Matt Forrest Essenwine joins us. Matt, good morning to you. Good morning. So this is Kale & Company. That means I'm, if you're Kale, I'm the company. You, you are the company. Nice, and I'm you're, the company. You're keeping hey, me company I here for a while on, uh, on a Wednesday morning. And uh, uh, Matt, you were uh, here on uh, Reddington Road for you know, a portion of your radio career. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, was, uh, I, I worked here uh, part, uh, sometimes it was full-time hours, but they were part-time when I was in college. Yeah. I, I, I grew up here and in, in, uh, in where actually, and I would you know, yeah. Concord was my my home away from home, and I would uh, come here on vacations and summer summer vacation and work on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and all all the shifts that nobody guys, else wanted. Yeah, G- no. Jim Rivers didn't want those shifts. <laughs> right, Gardner Don Dunkley didn't want yep, those shifts. Yep, they all yep. Uh, they're like, no, Matt, you can you can have it. So uh, so I did, and, I, and then I actually came back. So I I, I got full time work up in the Burlington Vermont area for a number of years when I graduated college, and I ended up coming back here. For a couple of years, uh, like ninety six, ninety seven, I was uh, I was back on the radio. Yeah, well, I was working with uh, 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 Alicia Preston, yeah, sure, and, uh, yeah. and uh, and doing some news. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It, yeah, and I well, love radio. radio. It was a lot of fun. You know, I I've always said, uh, and don't let I don't want the bosses to hear this, but beats working for a living, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <Yeah. laughs> and, and the funny thing is, you know, people who who aren't in radio don't realize the the, the inside radio joke it, it, because you're constantly meeting people. Who've worked at other radio stations, and and I know you've worked at multiple stations. I, have, I, 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 I can't keep a job. I've worked uh, for every radio station, literally every radio station in Concord, except for NHPR, um, and that was that was close. I, they came really close. Yeah. Uh, but but the the inside joke is that there's actually only six people that work in all of radio. We just swap <laughs> we just, jobs. We just kind of right. move around. That's right. We, we rotate <laughs> positions. Right. Yeah. No doubt about it. Well, I, Matt, I, found, I, I do have to say, yeah. this is yeah. when I, when I was first getting into radio, I didn't realize how opposite of the way like normal life is with radio. So normally someone is trying to get a job and you look at their resume and you see like six different positions in the last two years. You're thinking I may I, we probably got to pass on this guy in radio. If they see that you've worked at six different stations in two years, oh, you're, sign, you're, sign them up. You're yeah, hired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It, it, yeah, it is. It's funny how this business works, but uh, somehow it does, yep. and it's endured over the years. As have you, and uh, you have evolved from uh, from radio and, and broadcasting. I know you've done a lot of voice work uh, in, in the past, yep. but now. Uh, you're a, a prolific writer of children's books. Uh, it, it's and uh, no one is more surprised at my prolificness uh, <laughs> uh, than, than I am. Um, yeah, and I, so I had uh, I had worked as you said. Yeah, I'd worked here and I worked for for JYY and the Wolf and the Hawk and all these different stations. And and I I realized in 2012, and and a lot of people are probably in the same position. When, once you actually crunch the numbers, you realize. The, the futility in in what you're doing. And I loved radio. And I, I was on the air and I was doing production and I was working with with uh, 
clients in, in creating commercial campaigns. I was doing some news. And and we crunched the numbers in 2012, and we realized that if you subtract a daycare for two kids and just my commuting gas, not weekend driving, not my wife's commute, just my commuting gas and daycare for two kids, I was netting $150 a month. Oh, you're doing well. <laughs> right. well <laughs> I you're on so, the high side of this. I know. But, but, <laughs> but people don't realize that. They think, oh, you're on the air and you're famous and everything. You're making tons of money. And you, and you don't. You really do not make the money that people think. So yeah. we realized I could stay at home. And, and, I, and I do voiceover work from yep. the house. I, I, yep. uh, there's an agency down in Baltimore. I do all their, their car commercials. They, you know, the Dodge Chrysler Jeep dealership is you know, the there Labor Day sale. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I do corporate narration or whatever. But I, I wanted to do – I wanted to get into children's writing. I've been writing short stories, skits, um, poetry since I was knee-high to nothing, mm, you know. Yeah. I, I, uh, and and so I had wanted to see if how I could get into children's writing. And as it turned out, the children's writing has actually taken off. I'm, I'm, and, I, and I don't self-publish. Um, you know, uh, it, 20 years ago, you didn't have to make that distinction. If you said you, you, you just published a book, People would say, "Oh, you know, it's great, amazing, you know, whatever." But, you know, nowadays they say, "Oh, did you self-publish?" I have to say, "No, no, no, I did. I don't." And, and nothing against the self-published folks, but but tr- this is what they call traditional publishing. You mm-hmm. send your manuscript to a publisher, to some national publisher, and you hope they like the manuscript. And yeah. if they don't, then you send it somewhere else. And and if they do, they pay you in advance. They hire the illustrator. They do the marketing. And and, and certainly we, as an author, I, I have to I have to. Put in my fair share of promotions and marketing and whatever, but yeah. they're the ones handling the distribution, the printing costs. Like I, I don't pay for anything. Well, that's good, right? Right, that, which is as it should thing. be. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is how how it should be. And uh, you know, you were doing comedy skits on, on the radio for a, a number of years. I guess it all eventually evolved uh, into children's writing. What, right. what was your first one? Um, well, the first – see, I had been writing uh, with my poetry, and, and I didn't realize up until now – we don't we, – none of us realize how much experience or, or what, what experience we have plays into our, our current situation. We, we have no idea what is leading us to where we're, we're heading. Right. So I didn't realize that all this poetry I'd been writing, all these commercials – I mean, I've written thousands of – 30-second and 60-second commercials. I was writing comedy skits. I was writing news stories. And everything requires word economy. Everything, it, 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 saying things in a tight space is of utmost importance. And I didn't realize that all of that writing work was, was leading me to children's stories. Because whether it's a, whether it's a commercial or a children's book or even a novel, it's still the same structure. Create interest develop a problem, try to connect emotionally somehow, present a solution, and then a conclusion. Again, it could be a Harry Potter novel. It could be a 30-second commercial for Cleary Cleaners. But whatever it is, it's the same structure. It's just what you do with it. So uh, so my first picture book was called Flashlight Night, and that, was, uh, that came out in 2017. It was published by a company called Boyd's Mills Press, which at the time – was the book publishing division for highlights. 
Oh, you ever yeah, seen a sure, Highlights magazine? I, I have, yeah. So th- they eventually sold that. Uh, it's now uh, called Astra Young Readers <clears throat> because they wanted to really focus on on what Highlights was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but for a, a debut book, it, it's it's sold. Um, I mean, I'm not a New York Times bestselling author, but it's sold, I think, more than 15,000 copies now. Wow. It's in that, its third printing. That is very impressive. I'm still getting royalties, so, you know. There you <laughs> that's, go. That's the good thing. Yes, you know, it you, is. So you get an advance, yeah. which is like an ad- people hear about writers getting an advance. It's, yep. It's just the, it's the same thing as a as a paycheck advance. They mm-hmm. pay you the, a certain amount of money, and once you've sold enough books that you would have made that money through mm-hmm. royalties, that's the point at which you start earning royalties. So the fact that I've, I've we've earned what, what they call earning out, we've earned out. I've I'm I've been collecting royalties since wow. five months after it came out. That is true. So, uh, that was 2017. Just sit back and uh, collect those checks, those royalty checks. <laughs> yep. That's that's nuts. Not I mean, bad at all. 100, 150 at a time. You know, if, okay. every six months. But yeah. but you know, the more books you have, and 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 the more they sell, you know, the better the better it goes. All right. And uh, your eighth children's book uh, just came out, and uh, we have it here uh, in the studio. Yep. The thing to remember. About stargazing. You know, I'll, yeah, I'll um, hold it up to camera three right here. <laughs> yes, we're, gonna, we're passing it across shot. the aisle here so you can see the, the cover. So the thing to and, – and you can find this anywhere. People ask me, where can I find your books? Anywhere. Um, Gibson's has several. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Main Street Bookends, which is the, the indie up in uh, Warner where yeah, I live, yeah. they they have them. But, but you can get them at Amazon. You can get them at, at – and you can go online. Uh, most of them are available th- if you go to Target.com or Walmart. Like you know, they're available everywhere. Yeah. And um, and so the thing to remember about stargazing is uh, is illustrated by a woman named Sonia Posentini. She is a, an Italian artist, and she's done several books. But she she's had gallery exhibitions, and and she uh, she's an instructor over in Italy. An amazing artist, and I would not have known about her. I would never have the wallet to be able to afford somebody like her, which is why I like traditional publishing. Um, and 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 that's the case with with all these books. Uh, the the level of illustration, the level of of professionalism, because there, there's an editor who is making sure that all my words are the best words they can be. There's an editor who's making sure that. The illustrations are are looking good. They that everything is as good and perfect as it can possibly be, and I I, I wouldn't be able to do that on my own. I just quickly uh, thumb through the thing to remember about stargazing very quickly, and these illustrations are truly amazing. Uh, they they really and truly are. Yeah. So, hats off to her, and hats off to you. Uh, Matt Forrest, Essen Wine, and uh, we'll be back with more, and we'll talk about something very interesting that's going to be happening with this book uh, around the state of New Hampshire when we continue right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, Kale and Company Live, and uh, we will be right back. Welcome back, Kale and Company Live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Our guest today in this segment of the show is uh, Matt Forrest, Essen Wine. And Matt has been in radio a long time, and uh, I, I don't know if he'll ever return to radio. I mean, we, we, we miss him, but uh, uh, he's been doing his thing, writing children's books. He's got eight of them out right now, and the latest is The Thing to Remember About Stargazing. And uh, I haven't read it yet. 
uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll have to set a little time aside to, uh, to read it. Uh, but uh, the illustrations uh, I've been thumbing through, they are second to none. They are uh, fabulous. Uh, and the uh, thing, thing to remember about stargazing now is being utilized in a very special way at uh, uh, quite a number of libraries uh, throughout the state of New Hampshire. Tell us about that, uh, Matt. So as a, <clears throat> as a way of, of spreading the news about the book, uh, which just officially was published yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, it was the, this uh, the, is the, hot. No wonder it was warm. <laughs> it's hot off the press. Yeah, it is. The, the, yesterday was the book birthday, as we call it. So, uh, for, and, and the publisher, Tilbury House, is up in, in Maine. There was a small... <clears throat> uh, publishing house, but very well respected, very highly esteemed in the in the children's literature world, and so I'm I'm thrilled that a company like Tilbury House picked this up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're trying to think of some some unusual ways of of spreading the news and, and promoting yeah. the book. And uh, I I was in touch with the Children's Librarians of New Hampshire, uh, which is a, an official organization, and uh, they had asked me a few months ago if I would speak at their annual conference, which is coming up in a couple of months, uh, a couple of weeks. So I'm going to be speaking with them at uh, at Pat Speak for a luncheon keynote, and and it occurred to me uh, that story walks are a great opportunity to show folks. Who, uh, books and a story walk is something that uh, you can just maybe maybe it might be at a library, it might be at a a nature trail, but there are these kiosks or signs that are set up with prints of mm-hmm. a particular book, and you just you take your walk and you read a page, and then you read another page, and you read another page, and as as you walk, and um, so the children's librarians of New Hampshire sent out uh, an email to all their members letting them know that we had prints available for them mm-hmm. if they wanted to install these during October and or November mm-hmm. or, or, or beyond if they want to. And so right now we have almost two dozen libraries around the state of New Hampshire wow. who, who coordinate these story walks. And the, uh, this particular book is going to be on all these story walks. And, and we've got Colebrook and Conway down to Hampstead and Wyndham, uh, Belmont, New London, uh, here in, in uh, where I live, in, I say here, but it, where I live in Warner, um, the Pillsbury Free Library is putting up the story walk, I think, in a couple of days because they want to get it in place for the Warner Fall Foliage Festival. Of course, which is this which weekend. Is coming up this week. Yeah. So, yeah, so all all over the place. We've, uh, we're in, uh, it's going to be in Rochester. It's going to be over in, in Walpole and Fitzwilliam and, like, all over the state, which is, which is pretty cool. That that is incredible, and I, and I have to uh, since I I don't have uh, younger children anymore. I do have grandchildren, but uh, you know I I was not familiar uh, with the the story walk, uh, and uh, so that is an amazing thing. I guess it's been around for a while, but it's just kind of passed me by. Yeah, I guess. Well, and you can you can Google story walks. Yeah. they were created in in Vermont, and it's actually a registered. Trademark name. Yeah. Every time I say story walk, imagine a little yeah. R with yes, a circle right. around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but it ha- yeah, it has been. And st- so story walks have been, and they're all over the, the country. And I and yeah. I've been fortunate to see some of my books, like uh, Once Upon Another Time or Flashlight Night, we were talking about, and, and some others that have shown up on story walks as far as the West Coast and, and down in the Carolinas. And, you know, just seeing your book on these story walks uh, is just is really cool. Uh, I, I'm sure it is. I, I'm sure it is. So that uh, is going to be starting uh, very soon at uh, some of the libraries that uh, you mentioned and more. Oh, yeah. There's a couple. Uh, uh, Conway already has it installed. Wow. Um, there's a couple of others that already have it up. That is really something. 
And uh, so how, how can people get a list of, of where the, the story walk is happening? Um, so, you know, I, I haven't created – well, I have, I have my list. Um, but if they want to email me, they can email me. It's matt at mattforrest.com. Two T's, two R's, mm-hmm. Matt at MattForrest.com. And, um, and I can let them know. And, and, and I'm mentioning it on my Facebook page, so you, you can find me under Matt Forrest Dustin Wine on, on Facebook. Um, if you email me, it's, I said it's two T's and two R's. If you only put one R for MattForrest.com, yeah. it's going to go to Matt Forrest, who lives over in the U.K. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then a couple of days from now, he will forward it to me and say, hey, Matt, I got another one for you. So it's happened before. Oh, we, and, we've and, known each other. Yeah, we're, we're friends on, on uh, social media. We've known each other since, uh, I think, 03, 04. And it'll oh, yeah. happen he's, again. He's been getting I'm my sure. emails for 20 years now. Oh, wow. That, that is something. <laughs> I've never gotten one of his. Really? <laughs> so. <laughs> that is something. Yeah. That is something. So where do you come up with the, the ideas, the creative ideas for, for these stories? Oh, just, you know, it, it, everywhere. Um, you know, when I, when I was younger, I would – write when I was inspired because that, that's what most people do. You mm-hmm. know, if you're inspired, you, yeah. you come up with an idea and so you right. write it. When when you're a professional author, you don't have the luxury of just waiting for inspiration. So you have to really you know, think about things. And, and a lot of times I will just either try putting ridiculous words together and, you know, with a poetry background, it's poetry is all about creating like unexpected connections. And so for my book, I Am Today, I just I had no idea what I was going to write about, but uh, I was trying to put words that shouldn't go together. Um, so I was I was using adverbs to de- uh, describe nouns, you know, uh, like like soccer seriously or uh, a purple world or just words that shouldn't go together. And, and, and trying to figure out okay, is there a way I can get them to work? And one of the one of them was I am. I was thinking, you know, I am. I am rich, I am handsome, I am fast, I am – and then the word today popped into my head. I am today. Okay, well, how can I be a preposition? <laughs> I am today. So I, I thought about it. And again, you know, from, from a poetry standpoint, you try to figure out how what – is, what is the person saying? Like how does this make sense? And I realized that we adults are always telling kids they're the future. And, and they are the future. Mm-hmm. But what if a child wants to make a difference now? If they see something that's, that's not right – and I'm not trying to to, to be. I hate I hate books that are are preachy and didactic. Right. Like, yeah. it, the story has to come first, uh, but but there's nothing wrong with a message. And and so I was thinking, you know, if if a child sees a problem and they want to make a difference, yes, they are the future, but they can be today as well. And so the the, the girl in this book, uh, she recognizes a problem uh, with some sea turtles. And she rallies the town together, and the whole town pitches in to, to help solve the problem. And at the very end of the book, she says, you know, one day I'll be the future. But right now, I am today. And, and it all makes sense. Yeah. But it, but it yeah. came about simply by a, a, a brainstorming uh, you know, session of me just slapping words together to kind of figure out what, what, what ideas are there. And, exactly. and, now I get, and I get a book. And, and people ask, how long does it take to make a book? This book, yeah. Stargazing, 10 years. I wrote it as a poem ten years ago. Wow! Didn't make it into the anthology because I've been in several anthologies, um, like the National Geographic Book of Nature Poetry and, and books mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote it for an anthology. It didn't make it into the anthology. I ended up. Uh, I was talking to a fellow uh, author, Rebecca K. Dotlich, who's a very well esteemed poet and, and author. She said, "Well, why don't you flesh it out into a picture book?" So I, so I, I fleshed it out into a manuscript. Yeah. Sent it out. It went through twenty five rejections. It's finally here. Um, 
And so that took 10 years. I am today, I wrote it, made some tweaks, because I, I, you're constantly re- rewriting, sure. revising. You yeah. want to polish it. You want to make sure yeah. it's as good as it can be. And I was comfortable with it. Spent about a couple of weeks on it. was pretty comfortable with it. I sent it off to an editor who I knew, the same editor who had published a, another book of mine called Don't Ask a Dinosaur, right. but uh, 14 dinosaurs trying to put on a birthday party, <laughs> failing miserably because they're dinosaurs. It's just a fun, wild, crazy, funny book. So I already knew this editor, so I sent it off to her. I said, hey, you know, th- this I Am Today uh, manuscript might be what you're looking for because I, I knew the kind of book she liked. I said, uh, you know, let me know. I sent it off at 2.30 in the afternoon. At 4.35, she had emailed me back. I want it. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. That, that didn't take long. Right. Yeah. So you never know. Like, how exactly. long does it take to make a book? As long as it takes. <laughs> An overnight sensation after 10 years, right? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> The thing to remember about stargazing is uh, Matt's latest, and I want to give out your website before we have to wrap it up. It's uh, mattforest.com, two T's, two R's, so the the guy in England doesn't get it. Right, right? (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So uh, are you going to have any book signings, or uh, is that in the works? Uh, Yep, so I'm going to be at uh, Main Street Bookends. Hopefully the weather holds out. They're looking like uh, rain for Saturday. But I'm supposed to be there uh, Saturday from 3 to 5 during the Fall Foliage Festival. Uh, And then I'm going to be at Gibson's in November with my Don't Ask a Dinosaur co-author, Deb Bruss, uh, who lives here in Concord. And she's uh, she's got a new book coming out, so we're going to have a, a dual signing at Gibson's at some point in November. Well, keep us posted on that right. and come back I will. because uh, we need more time. <laughs> MattForest.com, MattForest, S and Wine, and uh, the thing to remember about stargazing, don't forget the uh, story walks involved at many uh, public libraries throughout the state of New Hampshire. And Matt, a delight to see you again and... Uh, and, and congratulations on the new book and uh, your, your great success oh, thank you again. in the children's field. And, and yours, too. I mean, a legend in, uh, in New Hampshire radio in right my here. Own mind, anyway. I'm the company. Yeah, He's yeah, the kale. Yeah, the <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by today. And uh, coming up, we're going to have another author, Dean Tolson, who a uh, former uh, NBA player who was uh, illiterate until he was about 32 years old. This is a uh, fascinating story coming up, and uh, we'll have that one right after these words on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Kale and Company presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com here on this Wednesday morning. And uh, joining us is former NBA player Dean Tolson. Uh, Dean has written a brand new book. It's called Power Forward, My Journey from Illiterate NBA Player to a Magna Cum Laude Master's Degree. Dean, we welcome you to the program. Great to have you with us. And and thank you for having me on and, um, you know, getting this story and message out in front of all, all your listeners. Uh, there in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. Well, you went uh, many, many years without uh, uh, being able to read a book, and and now you've written one, Dean. What what inspired you to tell your story? Um, failure that inspired me. I realized after a 
glorious career in high school, college, professional, and international basketball, I realized at uh, 32 years old, I, I had failed. You know, Dean, how did you get through high school in, in Kansas City where you uh, grew up, uh, three years at the University of Arkansas, uh, w- without being able to read or write? How, how did that happen? You just started a team. <laughs> That's yeah. how it happened. Yeah. 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 All you got to do is average 30 points a game and 20 rebounds a game. <laughs> That's what I did. And and that that is what you did. And uh, you know, tell uh, I want you to tell our audience about your a very early encounter in your life with Wilt Chamberlain, the the great <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain. Yes, sir. Uh, I uh, was born and raised in Kansas City, Kansas, and as you know, uh, Wilt Chamberlain went to KU University, and my auntie happened to be there as a freshman and met, that's my father's sister, and met Will Chamberlain and they started dating and she would periodically bring him to Kansas City on the weekend after class. And, and you had a chance with your brother to meet, uh, you know, the the Dipper, uh, Will Chamberlain, Wilt the Stilt, uh, all all seven feet of him, and uh, and then I, I understand that as the story goes, your mother bought a small a black and white TV, and then you realized uh, who who was the guy who the guy was that was swinging you around all those times, yeah. <laughs> and encouraged me to want to become an NBA player. There you go. And uh, you saw Wilt playing for the Philadelphia Warriors against uh, the, the world champion Boston Celtics. So that's the first yeah. thing you saw on TV, right? Yeah. And then and then when I grew up, I ended up getting drafted and playing for Bill Russell in Seattle. So, well, it, it, you know, those are the two men that revolutionized the game. He, he certainly did. No, no doubt about it. One of the great athletes in Boston uh, of all time. And, uh, and, and so you, you were drafted by Seattle, the Supersonics. Mm-hmm. I, I hope they get I hope Seattle gets a basketball team back someday. I, I think they're going to get them. I, I hope so. And, I'm going to make it part of this platform that I have. Yeah. Well, there you go. And uh, so, Dean, tell us about playing for Bill Russell, the great Bill Russell, one of the great NBA players of all time. What was it like playing for him? Um, he was the toughest man to work for in show business. <laughs> 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 I swear, I could not satisfy him. You know, I was worth a point a minute in the NBA. If you, however long you play me, that's how many points I'd score. So he would play me... Five minutes, I have five points. He played me 10 minutes, I have 10 points. He played me 15, 15 points, 20 minutes, 20 points. And then I find myself right back on the bench. So your play with under him was a little bit uh, you know, inconsistent in terms of how much time he was going to play it per game. And plus, uh, you like the up-tempo style, and, and you think, you know, playing for Bill Russell, uh, whose Celtics fast break was legendary, it would have been an up-tempo offense, but it really wasn't. Right. He called it a controlled fast break, and he told me I was out of control. But if you're scoring points and you're winning games, what difference do it make? <laughs> well, who were some of your, your teammates on, on that Seattle team under Bill? 
I had Spencer Haywood, downtown Freddie Brown, Slick Watts. You know, I played with uh, Mike Bantam, Willie Norwood, Nick Witherspoon, Dennis Johnson, Gus Williams, John Johnson, Jack Sigma. That that is a a, a real collection of uh, outstanding basketball players right there. Really, really. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. They couldn't beat me playing a lot of them. Yeah, I, I I'm sure. But I was on the bench, and they got to play, and that's why this message is so important to these kids about getting their education. And I wrote this book. Well, I know that uh, one of the uh, most important people in your life was the uh, legendary coach and athletic director at Arkansas, uh, Frank Broyles. And how did how did Frank Broyles uh, uh, come into your life, and what did he mean to you? Uh, Frank Broyles was the, was the father figure that I never had, and as you see there, I dedicated the book and the story to him. Yes, yeah. He made sure that I got my undergraduate and master's degree at the University of Arkansas, and he did not let anyone politically get involved negatively in that process until the day I graduated with both degrees. Well, it had to be a proud moment, and it took a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication to get that master's degree. Well, without his help, I never would have got it. Because you, he was the only one that advocated for me and made sure in every way that I had everything that I needed to get those degrees because he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And the same thing that I didn't see in myself, I see in these kids in this country today, and no one's addressing it. Well, that, that is so true, and I know you had a, a statistic uh, uh, in your in your book or on your website, that uh, every twenty six seconds a child drops out of high school. That's right, seven thousand a day drop out. That is a shocking number, and I'm here to reduce it. Well, I think you're you're doing a great job. I mean, you you've written this book, but I know that you uh, travel around the country as a as a motivational speaker as well. I up and traveled around the world the same way, encouraging people all over the world who Dean Tolson is. Yeah, and I mean you've done you've done an amazing job, but you've also, uh, in reading the book, have had to come over uh, overcome a lot of obstacles uh, along the way. I mean you you have had uh, your, your share of issues, and and you battled through them all. Yeah, you know this is what this. Um, message and book and stories about is how people can overcome uh, adversity at all odds. It, it doesn't make any difference how poor or how rich or uh, how uneducated you are. Everyone, and I mean everyone, can learn something in their life. I believe that. Yeah, very true, and it, it's so important for someone like you uh, that has uh, you know experienced uh, you know you know what what you have to impart this to, to younger people. It must be a very gratifying for you to see to perhaps turn the the life of even one person around. That, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. And I really believe that it's a calling because I'm the only person in American history 
to ever do this. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a remarkable story. It really and, and truly is, and I, I'm so glad that uh, you, you, you finally were able to get the, the book published. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know it was uh, quite a while in the making. Well, it, it took me 10 years just to write it, and then it took me another 30 years to come up with all the money and the, the agents and the lawyers and the uh, 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 publicists and the the uh, commentators and TV and radio like yourself and it, what a process you know that's all I can say what a process yeah and uh, I know you're you're doing quite a few uh, interviews these days uh, about the book and and telling everyone uh, you know your story which is truly uh, a remarkable story and uh, Dean for, for your listeners they can go out on uh, I had a, a story come out on NBA.com this week uh, uh, they can go to that story literacy the master's degree on, on uh, Dean Tolson on uh, NBA.com uh, well, Dean, can you stay with us for a couple of minutes? Absolutely. I'll stay with you all day. Oh, you would. Well, that, that, that would be <laughs> terrific. Dean, Dean Tolson is our guest, former NBA player under Bill Russell with the uh, Seattle Supersonics. And uh, you can uh, read uh, an interview with uh, Dean and see an interview on NBA.com. And uh, Dean will be uh, joining us uh, right after the break. And uh, we'll talk more about his uh, remarkable life and what he's up to now uh, right here on uh, Kale & Company, WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. Back after these words, we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. It is Kale & Company live on WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. Presented by Northeast Delta Dental and so pleased to have with us on this Wednesday morning... Dean Tolson, Dean, former NBA player. In fact, Dean, you uh, traveled the world uh, playing basketball. Yes, internationally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I went to every continent on this planet. You 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 made the rounds. Uh, that that is for sure. And uh, you, as we said, uh, you know, went went back to school at at Arkansas. Got your master's degree. And uh, you're just a, a real a role model for uh, a lot of people. And, and folks, in 2007, uh, Dean was inducted into the National Scholars Honor Society in Chicago. Did you ever think you would see that day, Dean? I, I never even thought I would ever graduate from high school. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it, it's, Let alone that day. Yeah, yeah. It, it truly uh, uh, a remarkable story. And and you had to overcome, you know, many things. I mean, I, I know uh, that uh, growing up, uh, education in, in, uh, in your home, and I'm sure many others uh, in your area, uh, w- was not really valued uh, that much. You you got by on your uh, you know your outstanding basketball ability, uh, made it to the NBA, and uh, you know made made some pretty good money playing in the NBA. But uh, still, there there was something missing. Uh, what uh, what motivated you to to go back and uh, you know do your entire college experience uh, over again? Well, you know. Education to me in this country is sold as a myth. 
not as a benefit to people. Education itself was never sold as a benefit in elementary school, high school, college, master's degree. No one sold me education that it would be a benefit to me until I got with Frank Broyle. Yeah. And, and so when, when I know you, the book has been 10 years, at least 10 years in the making, it is, it is finally out. It just uh, it hit the, the bookstores recently and Amazon.com and every place you, you get your books these days. And it, mm-hmm. really, it really is a, an inspiring story. And, I mean, I'm so glad that, uh, you know, for years now, uh, you have been uh, traveling the country and the world to emphasize the yeah. importance of education because until later in life, nobody really emphasized it to you. We got, we got to get this message to our kids in America because they're, they're lost in their cell phones and their laptops and their computers. And there's so many other life skills that they must learn in life to overcome it, this adversity that they're faced with. We, we, we want to stop them from being so distracted that they want to get their assault rifle and go to the school and shoot it up kids and different things, one thing and another, and, and dope and crazy stuff that I was also faced and endured with and overcame as well. But this, there's a message in this message that's beyond... Human understanding, I'm telling you. That's what I had to come to understand. You know, I'm looking at page uh, 162 in your book and, and some of your uh, priorities when you return to Arkansas. And uh, just read them quickly for our listeners. Never, ever. About the five vows? What's that? Are you talking about those five vows? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, never, ever skip a class for any reason. Ever. 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 <laughs> I, and I, I'll, I'll bet in your first go-round you skipped a few. Uh, 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 every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Ben. Study and read my assigned chapters every night. Sit. F- yeah. Man, religiously study my lesson every night. The tears roll out of my eyes. Yeah, I, I'm sure they do, and I, I'm sure uh, just just uh, you know talking to you for the few minutes that I have today, I I can tell that you're a, a very emotional guy, and uh, you can impart what you've been through very very well, and uh, others will take it to heart. And uh, my passion, yes, is extreme. You're very passionate about it. I mean, there's no no question. Uh, Let's get it to these kids. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and uh, you know, and and you know, they they see a former NBA player come in, and uh, you know, you would have more of an impact than most in telling your story because you, you did make it to the pinnacle of your profession. But our kids are resilient, and they some of the smartest kids in the entire world because I've been all over the world. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? All you got to do is tell them, and they'll listen. Yeah. I don't have any trouble with them. I can have them eating out of my hand. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I I can tell that. I I would I would love to sit in on uh, on one of your motivational speeches. I really oh, would. Oh, 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 I speak to two, three thousand of them at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll do what I have to do to get them. Because you know, you you certainly uh, you know sometimes. Uh, you know, uh, kids these days, and not only these days, but uh, you know, no, no matter in the history of the world, uh, we sometimes don't value uh, education as much as we should. I love them. Yeah, I can tell you. You have that passion. You have that love, and you want to impart it to other people uh, who have not taken uh, education seriously. And uh, you know the pitfalls when when you don't. The most beautiful thing in the world is to see a smile on someone else's face. They walk across that stage and they get that degree. It's nothing like. And, and when you got yours, there's a, a story in the book that says, you know, you you thought right up until the moment you were you were handed your degree <laughs> that that they were going to re- rescind that I have a degree. Dream. Yeah. <laughs> That's mine back. <laughs> All the kids were getting theirs, and they walk off the stage. But when I got up there, he took mine back, and I fainted and passed out. Yeah, <laughs> it, took, it was so hard to get it. Yeah, yeah. You, you spent what the the better part of, of seven I years? Spent fifteen years. Fifteen. Years all told, and it only took, should have took seven. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's folks, it's a remarkable story. It truly is. And the name of the book is Power Forward: My Journey from Illiterate NBA Player to a Magna Cum Laude Master's Degree. Uh, Dean Tolson, he's got some great stories in here, and uh, written with uh, New York Times best-selling writer uh, Lindsay Harrison. So, uh, I want you to pick up this book. And, uh, you know, share it with the kid. Exactly. Share it with a a kid that, you know, might be thinking about, you know, leaving school. Dropping out. Prematurely. Yes. Uh, And, uh, you know, let's cut the dropout rate in America. That's right. And again, if if folks weren't listening earlier. I I remember the first time I came to Boston to play the Celtics. (laughs) I was 21 years old and a rookie. And I went down to Boston Square, and all the pigeons came all around me. Yep. And then <laughs> Dave Cowens beat us. Emmanuel Chick. Well, Dave. And, <laughs> and Cornbread Maxwell. That's it. Cornbread Maxwell. Still doing the Celtics games on radio, Cedric Maxwell. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, play, I played against those guys. And you have great memories of your your NBA career, and uh, may, maybe not so so many great memories about playing for Bill Russell, but uh. <laughs> yeah, my whole career. I just want to say thank you to the city of Boston. You know, I want to thank Boston well, for having me in front of them today. That's a great city, no doubt about it. And uh, you know, we've had <laughs> a, lot, a lot of history there. A lot of history and. Dean Tolson, you you are making history. You're you're keeping 
as best you can, keeping kids in school and studying. Motivating. Motivating people. And uh, I, I know you do it well. The book is terrific, and I recommend it to, to anyone, whether, uh, you know, they have a child that, uh, or, or, or... A young adult or yeah. whomever, go back to school at 20, 30 years old, hey... Go get it. It's a fascinating story. Dean, by the way, was in the first NBA dunk competition. That's uh, right, uh, 1976, 77. Yeah, and uh, how'd you do? Uh, I, I did well, but I just started clowning yeah. out there. <laughs> 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 I, I just wanted to dream on it, you know. Yeah. Well, Dean, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Okay. Uh, 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 and thanks again to you and your audience. All right, Dean. Thanks so much. Dean, okay, DeanTolson.com. Dean there you go. DeanTolson.com. D-E-A-N-T-O-L-S-O-N.com. Dean, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you. And you have a wonderful rest of your day. You as well. Dean Tolson. And the book is Power Forward, My Journey from a Literate NBA Player to a Magna Cum Laude Master's Degree. An amazing story. That'll do it for this edition of Kale and Company Live here on WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. We want you to have a terrific Wednesday and always look on the bright side of life.